Welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Can we not record in the morning ever again? It's this not is, the morning. This is one brutal. o'clock. No, Thomas, it's, it's one o'clock. You're one o'clock. It is one o'clock in the afternoon, you, not the morning. Every, afternoon. Potato, potato. I think you would rather record at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But right now, it's yeah. the afternoon. This is the morning. We are an hour into the afternoon. David, 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 David. Let me tell you something. If the sun hasn't started the set yet, it is morning. So it's morning until 4.30? Yeah. Thomas, when are you going to grow up? You... And my parents have the I same question. I woke up at question. 10 o'clock today. Why do I feel like the adult? Because <laughs> you are the adult. You have a career. You are the adult. I slept in until 10 o'clock. That's, that's not sleeping in. That is sleeping that, in. David, I need you to understand something. That would have been like the 10th earliest I've woken up in the last four months. Thomas, David. I need you to look inward. A little bit. Okay. Look inward. Maybe look at your birth certificate. Mm-hmm. Look at the year you were born. Mm-hmm. Subtract that from the current year. Yeah. Find out your age and act like it. No. Waking up at 12 o'clock every day? I don't wake up. It's not at, adult behavior. I don't wake up at 12 o'clock Then why are day. you complaining about us recording at 1 o'clock in the afternoon? Because it's early. It is not early. It it's is early. My brain is still misfiring. Thomas, buddy. David. We've been best friends for 13 years. Your brain I feel like it's always been longer misfires. than that. Your brain always misfires. Has it only been 13 years? I guess 14 at this point. Yeah, you're old. You're two years younger than me. Uh, yeah, and that's well, all the difference. Physically, biologically. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? What? That was rude. Thomas, we just acknowledge that you can't just because you consider one o'clock in the afternoon morning. Okay, so what about truck drivers? What about truck drivers? Like overnight truck drivers. What about overnight truck drivers? What what about the people who like nine PM is the morning for them? They stay up until 9 a.m. working, not playing video games. I was not up until 9 a.m. playing video games. My bad. Okay? 5 a.m. I was way too inebriated for that last night. I went to bed at 3.30. Then why are you complaining about waking up at 11? Because that's, that's not enough time. That's eight and a half hours of sleep. I, that, that, that's actually significantly more sleep. Seven and a half hours of sleep. That's significantly more sleep than I'm accustomed to getting. So it feels like I got less sleep. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, you know, like when you sleep more than you normally do, you wake up and you have a headache and like your eyes are extra groggy and you just like. I don't really ever sleep more than I normally do, so. Oh. I also went to bed at 3.30. And so I was under the impression that I was going to sleep in super late today. I didn't even set my first alarm till 11 o'clock. Woke up bright and early at 9.58. Uh, you actually woke me up last night. How did I wake you up last night? I passed out playing video games on my bed. And then I guess you like dropped your phone in your sleep or something. And I heard it and it startled me awake and I was like, oh, maybe I should go to bed. My phone was on my bedside table this morning when I woke up. Well, something got knocked over and it... Meowed me awake, huh. awake, 
I was playing. I was playing a lo- uh, online game of FIFA against someone. When did I, you fall asleep playing against somebody in FIFA? I did, yeah. I would just like to say for the record. Still one. We sleep in different bedrooms. Let's just make that. I think that's apparent. Well, I'm talking about moving around, waking the other one up. Just wanted to make sure. I mean, I feel like when I said like something fell onto the floor, I, I, I guess I can see where you're going. But like it was, it made a very loud noise in which I probably could From the adjacent bedroom, not the same bedroom. Not the same bedroom, no. Uh, but like you, like I, it honestly sounded like you like rolled over and like slapped, slapped your phone off the bed. Like it was, it was loud, dude. I might've done something. I might've dropped something, knocked something over. Like I like I I was just asleep, minding my own <clears throat> business, and bam, I look up, finish the game of FIFA, still won. That's pretty likely. I I move around a lot in my sleep. I don't think I've rev- really ever encountered anyone who didn't move around in their sleep. Dude, my mom, when you wake her up, she is in the exact same position she fell asleep in. Really? Yeah. I feel like I'll wake up in the same <clears throat> position, but I know I don't stay that way. Oh, I mean, I don't, I haven't slept with my mom since I was three years old, right? I wasn't so, like, trying to insinuate No, 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 I'm saying like, so I don't know what she does. It's kind of a weird does. energy you're putting out there, but I don't know what she does in her sleep, but I do know that I have like, when I was a kid, we used to sneak out and sneak in a lot mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would sneak I mean, I out. didn't, but you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. We would sneak out like before she went to sleep and uh-huh. then come back right before she woke up. Yeah. And she would be in the exact same position. The dogs would be on top of her in the exact same position. Like, this woman did not move. Mm. She slept on a waterbed, too. That thing wasn't moving. I feel like it's harder to move in your sleep in a waterbed, though. Why? It's a waterbed. You sneeze and the whole thing moves. Yeah, no, I know. But, like, I feel like that makes it harder to, like... I feel like sleeping in a waterbed would almost train you to not move in your sleep dude can we just talk about the fact that like i grew up in a house where my mom had a waterbed yeah after 1970 yeah and i never thought it was weird yeah. until i was telling some friend of mine in college they're like, yeah we got to replace my mom's waterbed because the frame broke or whatever and they're like your mom still has a waterbed and I'm like, yeah dude what do you mean <laughs> i didn't know it was weird until i college. have never slept on a waterbed they're pretty comfy, man. I would love to sleep on They're a waterbed. They're pretty comfy. My I mom would love that. My mom's had a heater under it too, like a heating thing, because the water gets really cold when it's just stagnant like that. Which no, is... no, 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 not like chilly, like cold. Um... Like if you're just on that thing with the heater not on it, it is freezing. Okay. Okay. Like okay. it's cold, cold. Okay. Um, you know, like an air mattress. Mm-hmm. How an air mattress, if you're not laying on top of a blanket. An air mattress gets really chilly. Yeah. Imagine that, but like times 10 because it's water. I need a water bed right now. Dude, they're comfy, man. They're probably also unreasonably expensive. I don't even know if you can buy one anymore. Okay. 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 Idea. (coughs) Hear me out on this, David. We get a king sized air mattress for me. All right. Instead of filling it with air, we fill it. With water. I don't know that it would really work the same way, to be honest Why with not? You. If it's big enough, sure. We can wrap it in duct tape just to seal the deal. I don't know that duct tape would be the answer. Duct tape fixes everything. Flex any... tape. Flex tape would work. But like whatever duct tape won't fix, WD-40 will. 
Have you seen that meme, the Lion King meme, mm-hmm. where it's like, it says, does it move and it shouldn't? Use duct tape. Does it not move and it should? Use WD-40. And then it has Simba holding a can of WD-40 oh, next no. to Mufasa. What the heck, dude? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's a very funny meme. Man, I really wish you were lying about that. <laughs> you That's just hilarious. You just maimed my heart with that meme. I believe the word you're looking for is maim. I, I said what I said. But this is not a irrelevant podcast. This is a sports podcast. Sports. Which to a lot of people is an irrelevant podcast. Yeah, but not to the people listening to it. That's facts. Okay. Uh, today, we're talking about something special. Hockey. We have not talked about hockey in a really long time. A lot of you said that you hated us when we talked about hockey. So It's I, been like two weeks. Since it's been like three. I counted last night. <clears throat> it might have been two. That's not the point. The point is, uh, I think actually it, January 4th was the last time we talked about hockey. No, that can't be right. I'm, pretty sure dude i'm pretty sure because we also missed a week and like it's just been super football dominant because people are like man we hate hearing about hockey chris and we wanted to you know cater to that but now it's time to cater to me but we're not going to cater to me right away because there's one thing i want to talk about real fast david yes sir have you seen anything from the world junior olympics this past week no anything what's okay so at the speed skating event china employed a very bold strategy and ended up taking first and second or gold and silver so speed skating right apollo ono we that's who we think of when we hear speed skating as americans uh you race around a rink on like a racetrack and, and within a rink for like 13 and a half laps i think it is and usually how this sport works is everyone stays with the pack for the majority of the race and then people dig deep on the final two or three laps. Well, that's not what happened in uh, this past week. What happened was is a Chinese athlete whose name I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce on the first lap just came out guns blazing and within three laps had lapped everyone and rejoined the back of the pack. January 9th was the last time we won, or we talked about hockey. I was wondering what you were doing. But, so you now have first place in the back of the pack, because she has lapped everyone. Here's, Here's why that's relevant. In speed skating, for the final lap, they sound like a horn, that everyone has entered the final lap. But when that horn sounds... It's for the person in first place who has one lap to go. However, since she has lapped everyone, everyone has two laps to go, except for her. So, because it had been some time, I guess they caught the other athletes sleeping. So, after that horn sounds, when they do that final come around, they, you know, stretch out to try and get the first place. But for them, they still have an extra lap to go. So when they stretch out to like, you know, put everything into getting that extra inch to cross the line, the other Chinese athlete doesn't and just takes off because she knows she has an extra lap to go. So 
the first place woman crosses everyone else you know does that photo line finish and you see the second chinese athlete just booking it around the bend and china ended up taking gold and silver in that event so to my understanding which like i will happily admit that i am no expert on speed skating but to my understanding based on what i've read and seen this is a tactic that might change speed skating and how country's game plan for speed skating because i don't think that's a tactic that's ever been done on the olympic level i also don't think most people have the ability to just lap every other racer so that'd be kind of hard to well like it comes to like the whole like rhythm of the race because you know like it's almost like a marathon you're not sprinting so if one person is sprinting they can easily you know take uh take a lead on you i learned a well, lot then, about speed skating well, then why don't people just do that more often uh because you usually in speed skating you usually save what's in the tank for the final two or three laps so instead of so the difference is that the for the the gold medal winner instead of making her move on the stretch she did it right off the bat and then was able to keep up with the pack so, like, if you're in first behind the pack and you see the pack speeding up, you then speed up. Because you're also getting those draft from being behind those players, so it's easier to maintain that speed. Interesting. It was fascinating to me. Interesting. I, I will say... I, like, can see, I, think, I can see now that you do not give a flying two. <laughs> it just doesn't, like, if you can do that, I don't understand why people don't do that all the time. Well, it's, it, it was just, it's the first time it's been done. That's what, like, it's, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more people do it going forward, or at least attempt to do it going forward. There is some awareness that needs to be had, though. Like, you need to know when you're yeah, you on your need, final lap. You, like, you, you also, be... you also need to know if you're not in first place. This like, is like Todd Bowles not calling a timeout on the Jared Goff kneel down in the uh, divisional round. Mm-hmm. You gotta have more awareness. You got that, you. Man. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's cool, right? That like this tactic worked, but it shouldn't have ever worked. Also, because like, call me crazy. If I'm in second place, and I see that the person in front of me has just taken off, and I have never passed them, in my brain, I am still in second place. Yeah. And if I haven't, if I can't, like in an ice track, you know, you can really see really everything except for the people directly behind you so like if you're telling me your eyes don't just glance over at the other lane on the straightaway to see like how far behind am i i don't know man i bet they're pretty myopic when they're out there on the eyes yeah but like you got to think about like your brain right how fast can it process a quick we're talking milliseconds like so such an unconsequential action to gather information like are you telling me that they're not checking just period because like that would be wild like if i'm in a race i'm keeping i'm trying my best to keep a good idea on where my opponents are but that's just me and again i've never speed skated so maybe you're right maybe they just don't have that or want to race man that was rude and uncalled <laughs> Rude and uncalled for. Uh, you and me should race. No. What? No. I'm super fat. And, I mean, you do also have two busted knees. We should race. 
I can't run. And I have two non-functioning organs in my inner ear, so my balance is off. Yeah, but it's been significantly better lately. Maybe like a year ago, we could have raced. I'm just saying, man. When it was really bad. And you were wobbly. Anywhoosen. That was my pre-hockey talk. Now, it is time for my hockey talk. <laughs> I can... Hey, it had to do with ice and skates, you know? It, exactly. It fit. It yeah. fit. Yeah. It fit. Uh, let's talk about the NHL All-Star game. Alright. Uh, the NHL All-Star game... Austin Matthews said that Philip Forsberg had the best mustache in hockey, and I couldn't agree more. I'm glad he's finally getting the recognition he deserves. That he did. That he did. Uh, so, the NHL All-Star week is this week. Feels like everyone's All-Star week is going on at the same time. That's not the point, though. The point is, is that the NHL has had a problem with players putting in a lackadaisical effort with at the skills competition. And the reason that that is bad is because people pay money to come see the skills competition. People pay a lot of money to come see the skills competition. So when you have a player like Nikita Kucherov, who puts forth one of the saddest efforts, saddest efforts I've ever seen in a skills competition and finishes... 12 seconds behind everyone else that can't be good this is like at the pro bowl a few years ago when uh micah parsons won a five-man race that included tyree kill yeah like it's like but like tyree kill was not trying i understand that you don't want to be there it's your job get over it it's three days a year you get paid 9.75 mil a year the least you can do is put a little pep in your step and not, like, at least make it seem like you're trying. But you got to think about it from the lens of Nikita Kucherov. I really love that the Pro Bowl is postseason mm-hmm. because these guys are done. Yeah. They have the opportunity to, uh, and now, like, I think the NHL All-Star Game and the NBA All-Star Game does better things than the Pro Bowl does, like, for sure. Like, I, I think right. if you're looking at All-Star Games... Of the four major sports, the Pro Bowl is probably the worst. Mm-hmm. But the timing of it, I think, is the best. Because it's postseason, so these guys can... They're relaxed. They're having more fun. They're there to chill. They're there to try to win a cool mill. They're there hanging out. Like Their families are in Orlando. They rented out the entire park for their families to go. No, they did. Absolutely. Like, so, like, because it's after the season... So when you have these all-star games that are in season, think about it from Nikita Kucherov's perspective. Their team is not doing well this year. They're really still they still think they're good enough and healthy enough to make a playoff push. They still have all this stuff that's ahead of them the latter half of the season. Like that's what he's focused on this weekend, not showing off how good he is in front of a bunch of fans who paid a bunch of like he, he not, doesn't care about that. No, I get that. I I understand that he doesn't care about that, but if it was post season, I feel like he would have a lot more incentive. But like, we're not talking about any. Like, we're talking about a course that he could do with his eyes closed, barely trying, and take half the time he took to. Like, I'm like, I understand that you that when you don't want to do something, it's hard to put in that effort. But we're ultimately talking about a thirty second relay race at the max. No, 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 no. You know? I, yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong per se. I'm just saying, like, thinking about it from his perspective, I can understand. Like, like, there's two sides. Right. Both, I think, are right. Mm-hmm. I don't think either one are necessarily inherently wrong. The one side is yours. Dude, it's not that much effort. It's just some effort. Yeah. And the other side is, I'm focused on making the playoffs. 
I'm focused on this. I should be in the ring practicing right now. I should be putting forth effort for something that matters, not something that doesn't. Well, like that's so, the other again, thing. Again, I get both. I get both sides. I don't think either one is inherently wrong or right. Well, yeah, but like that's the other thing, right? Is this relay race? It was three stick handling drills that he would have been doing on the ice at practice. Yeah, but one of them is good and improves and, and he can work on it and he can do it his own way. The other one is in front of a bunch of ooing and aahing fans that means literally nothing. Yeah, but you it, it, it meaning nothing is on you. Like, you could easily take this moment as these are three drills that I would be doing at practice squeeze to like squeeze together you can still get better because you're doing the same drill if anything it's going to be even harder because it's on top of each other there is no skating up to the next day like it is you finish one you move on to the next you finish that one you move on to the next like it's i and like i understand his perspective but it's all it's it's very hard for me to give a single care about his perspective when there's twenty thousand other people's perspectives who, and I don't mean to be a you know a broken record, but they paid good money to come see the best of the best. And Nikita, you are the best of the best. If you didn't want to be here, you could have skipped it. Alex Ovechkin has never participated in an all-star game because he always skips it. That option is available to you to skip. That's fair. Like That's fair. It, it fills me with an unreasonable amount of frustration and anger. Because not only, like, was the effort poor for, like, you're one of the best players in the league right now, and you looked worse than my 12-year-old cousin Carson did when he was playing forward in hockey. Like, it's just, it's, it's bad, it's lazy, and it's unnecessary because he didn't even have to be there, period. Listen, like we can agree on one thing. The level of frustration is unreasonable. I just, like... <laughs> I feel like I feel like one not only are you robbing an opportunity from someone who actually would like to be there but you're robbing the fans of an opportunity because and like while it's different because Nikita Kucherov is an all-star like is a, is one of the premier stars in the league I and I'm obviously a hockey nerd so it's a little different to me but I can still remember when the unknown Craig Smith beat Pavel Datsuk in the stick handling competition at the All-Star game. Like like you're robbing those moments. Because let's say Nikita Kucherov popped off and he put full effort into this and he ended up in first place, which he would have because he's got the cleanest handles in the league. That's just a fact. And then some rookie came up and beat it. That creates such a cool opportunity or such a cool moment for any young fan in the building that young player who accomplished that and the fan base for that player maybe that's what he was trying to do maybe he was like you know what i'm so good at this i know i'm going to dominate i want to give someone else their flowers so i'm going to do bet maybe maybe he was being a good guy nikita <laughs> don't you ever say something so unreasonably dumb to me ever again what no, Nikita Kucherov was being a little annoying person. A diva? A diva. Which he has been in the past. And I'm just, I'm extra frustrated by it because it's like, what's the... you? There's nothing to gain by throwing a tantrum on the ice and making sure that everyone in that building knows you don't want to be there. Yeah. They're like... 
Why don't you just say that? He didn't throw a tantrum on the ice. Uh, I need, I need you to watch it. Like he did not throw a tantrum on the ice, but like, you know how like what are the odds, Thomas, that I watch this and I say, "Oh my God, you could not be being more dramatic right now." Very high, very high. It just, <laughs> it, it's just like the demeanor, the effort. It just it bothers me because in the ninety percent of the reason that it bothers me is because it's unnecessary. In the sense that you don't have to be here if you don't want to. It's not uncommon for players to skip all-star events or all-star games. The NHL made a big deal to try and make it more... Because uh, they've had a problem with players, you know, just mailing it in. In the competitions. And they've been trying to... Like, they've been actively trying to fix that. And as one of the premier players in the league, you can't expect me to believe that he's not at least been received a text message about hey what can we do to make this better and you know who's gonna not disappoint who's gonna show max effort philip forsberg when he wins the all-star game mvp probably probably but the reason i talk about this is because contrary to his lackadaisicalness we actually have an exciting mvp race in the league this year and nikita kucherov is one of the people the other person is Nathan McKinnon, which is two names that are very good, but I don't think you would inherently put for the MVP race. I feel like the majority of people would say it's Matthews McDavid. Uh, but let me tell you something. Nikita Kucherov has 32 goals, 53 assists for 85 points in 49 games. So I just opened ESPN mm-hmm. to uh, go to the stats to look up like hockey stats, mm-hmm. right? I opened it to the front page, and mm. Aston Villa is currently winning, winning four nothing five nil five nil <laughs> in the ninety fourth minute <laughs> against Sheffield United. Which, like Sheffield United, sucks, but they don't ask how; they ask how many. About to win your four or third straight, bud. Yeah, uh, and he's going up against Nathan McKinnon, who's got thirty one goals, fifty three assists for eighty four points in forty nine games. Now, here's why. This race is exciting. Besides the just offensive dynamos that we are seeing night in and night out for the Avalanche and the Lightning. Austin Matthews already has 40 goals. Oh, yeah. What the? He did that like a week ago. Yeah. We're 45 games into the season. (laughs) He's going to score 80 goals. Calm down, dude. What the? I mean, like, I don't feel like enough people... Give credit to the fact that Austin Matthews scored 40 goals in 50-something games with a broken wrist. Like, also, that... jeez, Connor Hellebuck is crushing. That not is, Connor Hellebuck. Aiden Hill is crushing right now. Yeah, like, that's a stupid number. But, back to the MVP, rate, MVP yeah, yeah, race. Sorry, sorry. The reason that this, this race is so exciting is because we basically have the polar opposite in players here. Nathan McKinnon will he lives he's basically Tyree Kill like his he does a lot but his speed is what he's known for he does he flourishes by ramping up the pace of the play to where he is the only one who can compete in that play that is where he does his uh, magic while Nikita Kucherov slows down the play and is more patient than anyone else's so. Nikita Kucherov is the guy who scores a number of goals on breakaways without touching the puck, but just fainting like he is moving the puck and making the goalie move out of the way for it. Like, we're seeing the 
just the antith they are the antithesis of each other yeah and that creates an exciting product especially when those two teams match up because teams will feed off their star players energy so tampa has been slowing things down a little bit more than normal this year which could be where some of their struggles are uh i think it's just you know you have a team that's been the premier threat in the league for a couple years it has that it's the super bowl effect the stanley cup effect where when you are so good for so long you become the target for worse teams to acquire players from yeah to bring in that that championship pedigree it what what ha- you know uh so i think i think we're going to have an exciting race to the heart I think McKinnon wins it ultimately, though, just because you have a center versus a right winger and centers are inherently more valuable and inherently get more opportunities to showcase that value. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like the quarterback. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Less so. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, I, I think we're I think we're up in for some excitement. On I think that. it's going to be good. Uh the the Preds have officially fallen out of a wild card spot, mm-hmm. and I don't like that. Yeah, uh, well, that you know, it's that time of the year where we're we, above five hundred. You're supposed to make the playoffs when you're above five hundred in the NHL. Not necessarily. You like maybe, but speaking of uh, teams and players falling, uh, Elvis Merzlikens, starting goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets. His name is Elvis. Elvis. He is Latvian. Huh. Yeah. Uh, he got his first shutout of the season the other day. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, then, in true Patrick Waugh fashion, demanded a trade immediately. Oh. Uh, he plays for Columbus. And I understand that you play for Columbus. Your numbers are going to look bad. I don't know what he's hoping for, given the season that he has a 903 save percentage and a 322 goals allowed average. Like, there's playing on Columbus, but at a certain point, it's more than just the team. Yeah. Uh, So, is it a big energy move? Absolutely. Is it a warranted big energy move that's going to result in anything? I don't think so. Because, just because a player... I'm I'm a big player rights guy. I think I've established that in the the history of our podcast. Yeah. Uh, But, you also have to acknowledge that GMs have every right to say, no, I'm not trading you, which is what a lot of people thought Philadelphia was going to do with Cutter Gauthier, was they were going to say, no, we're not trading you. You're one of our highest profile prospects. We're not going to trade you until later. Like you have that option to say no. Now, if he is to get traded, I'm not really sure what the market would be for him. I'm not, I don't think you would get much for a goalie who... And you can argue that it's because he's spent his entire year or his entire his entire career in Columbus and that the team has gotten worse, but he's taken a huge downward spin the last couple seasons. So a couple like three or four years ago, you probably could have gotten a first, if not more, for him for the age and the position of value. But as he has continued to play, he hasn't locked down that starting job for the Blue Jackets, which says a lot in and of itself. And then when he does play, his stats are not that great. Like, we're talking about a guy who just got his first shutout. And, I again, I feel like a broken record. I get that he plays for Columbus. But at a certain point, you can't just keep using that as a, this is why I suck. Yeah. You know? Because when you, like, in this situation, what you're setting yourself up for is to go to another team that will not give you any help. 
Yeah. You're setting yourself up to go to a San Jose, a Chicago, a Arizona, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? So they're certainly not a team that's a contender right now looking for a goalie like Elvis Morley. Especially one who just got his first shutout. Yeah. Because, like, and, and, like, I'm not saying you need shutouts to be relevant. But, like, if you just got your first shutout, you better be consistently letting in less than three goals a night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no, the, absolutely. Like, the goals allowed in the save percentage have to level out for, like, it's like if a, if a wide receiver catches five or no, let's say uh, well, let's say Tyree Kill only catches three touchdowns. He better have twenty five hundred yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Like if you don't have the stat somewhere, you better have it somewhere else so that we can see that there's actually something there, and you're not just a jag. Which I don't know why I said just a jag instead <laughs> of just a guy. You're just a just a guy. <laughs> uh, but I I think the best case scenario for him. Is we're going, he's going, like, best case scenario is he ends up in Edmonton as the third goalie who is scratched more often than not and then walks in the free agency as a goalie who just can't get playtime. Yeah. I think that's the best case scenario <laughs> for him. You want to hear a fun fact about Jag? Tell me. The hit show, longest running drama, mm-hmm. uh, drama series on television, NCIS... Was spawn, uh, was was a, a spinoff, spinoff of, of the Jag. Show Jag. Yeah, there you go. Special Agent Leroy Jethro Gibbs and Special Agent Tony Denozo were person. featured in two episodes of the final season of Jag, causing their own spinoff NCIS, which went on to critical acclaim. It's still going on the critical acclaim. TBT. Although, I miss Mark. Hanna. I think it's more critical now. Dude, there has not been a good season of NCIS (laughs) since Gibbs left. I I would wager that things got a little dicey there toward the end. It's just like that, like, over... It's over... It was still good saturated. It's like Grey's, dude. Grey's is also oversaturated. You had such a good show. Stop. Stop. Yeah. No one's there anymore except Meredith, and who cares? Yeah. Meredith is one of the worst characters in fiction. I can't stand Meredith Grey. Yeah. Uh, it's just... She didn't deserve We Derek. We've talked about this a couple of times, you know, where it's like, would you rather a show drone on and on or go out when it's still one of the goats? You know what I mean? For me, I'd rather a show go out as a goat. And like, same. Which is why I love how Psych ended. Mm-hmm. Like, Psych was so good. Mm-hmm. Every season of Psych had a bummer. Too many 90. movies. Huh? Nothing. The movies are also great. Do not disrespect the movies. I'm not disrespecting them. Okay. I'm just saying there's maybe one more than there should be. They're, the, have you seen the third one? No. It's phenomenal. I have no interest in seeing it. It's the third phenomenal. One. Okay. I take your word for Watch it. Watch it. It's on Peacock. We have Peacock. Watch it. Okay. It's phenomenal. Maybe. Every single season of Psych has above a 90. Uh-huh. Except one. And the one that doesn't has an 88 on Rotten Tomatoes. Every single movie has above a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. So you can suck it. Don't disrespect Psych. Okay? <laughs> now, disrespecting Psych. I love Psych. Yeah. I'm glad it ended the way it ended. It ended on a high note. The last season was phenomenal. The last episode was incredible. One of the wor- worst. One of the best episodes of the show. Phenomenal. The last season as a whole is just so freaking good. Um, and most shows don't get that, right? We saw New Girl. Season 7 of New Girl 
was not great. Yeah. It was not horrible. It was not great. They should have ended it at season six. They get together. Uh, if you haven't seen New Girl, spoilers. They, they get together at the end of season six. Wow. That's when it should end. Yeah. They force season seven, and you could tell it, it was wasn't bad. great. Yeah. Uh, I did. I do appreciate, though, that season seven gave us one of the most iconic scenes. A white man broke into the school today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A white man. No. What did police know about it? Absolutely nothing. nothing. Typical. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, great, great. Uh, anyway, Schmidt, Schmidt, Schmidt. Um, but that being said, Psych ended on a very high note. The last season, phenomenal, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I agree with your statement. However, if they announced a season nine of Psych right now, you would watch them. I would. Yeah. Be over the freaking moon. I and I understand and, that. And maybe that's because they've put out three movies and they've all been bangers. Like they've all been really, really good. And that's not just me a fan saying that. Like they've been critically, like mm-hmm. even critics think they're very good. Like so that's not just me saying that. Um and so maybe that's why I would be super okay with like I would not want another season of Avatar The Last Airbender. It just well it wouldn't make sense. Like I'd watch it, but I wouldn't be excited about it. I it just wouldn't make sense it, unless it was like a connecting point between Avatar, Avatar and Korra. But in which, which case, you couldn't say it's another season of Avatar because it's almost a different thing. Which they're making a movie about that, by the way. I'm I, making, I will watch that. But but no no no. It, this is an it's not like it's not live action. It's animated. They're using the animators and the original writers, and it's based off of the comics that came out in between. I read the comics. They were really good. Avatar and Korra. So it's going to be like legitimate. Yeah, I. Uh, but like, Ted Lasso. Avatar, Aang or Korra? Aang. All right. What kind of question is there? Are that? some people that say it's Korra? Some people that are crazy, and say it's Korra. Cora never made me want to get my head tattooed. What's well, this? Cora didn't have a head tattoo. Okay, what's the, what's your point? The point I'm is, like, is that Aang made me want to get my head tattooed. If we just say like what we can see, right? Which is Aang using his his bending and Katara using hers. Mm-hmm. Katara is a better bender, right? But we don't. We only see Aang as a twelve year old boy. I, we only see Aang after he's mastered all the elements in three months. Yeah. I so if you go to, if Aang was Korra's age, you're telling me he has not far surpassed Korra by her age? I think... Because he could go toe-to-toe with her after only having three months to master the other three elements. As a show, I appreciate Korra and some of the, like... I'm trying to figure out the semantical way to say this without you screaming at me. Cora was never on see- on screen where I did not want to punch her through the TV, with the exception of the last three episodes of the entire show. I think... Cora was one of the most infuriating characters. And now she developed, and she got better, but... Oh. I think Legend of Cora tackled... A lot of subjects, for yeah, sure. that were more, that are more relevant for growing children. Because like, Cora tackled something that I feel like a lot of people in our generation are really struggling with, which is where, as a child, you're propped up to be this like next up, and then when it when it when you don't live up to that, like how do you handle that? Yeah, where like because Cora was supposed to be a prodigy, but she sucked, 
and she had. She the, didn't suck. She sucked. She was no, 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 no. She was a phenomenal waterbender, a phenomenal firebender, a phenomenal earthbender. Yes, the but only thing she sucked at was water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about but like she, the other three elements. She had mastered more than most natural-born earthbenders, waterbenders, and firebenders. Yeah, yeah. So don't but, say Cora sucked. No, no, no. But like Josh Gordon, great at football, made poor choices that got in the way of his ability. That's fair. Cora was very impulsive, and mm, that, that's what so, pissed me off about. But it. so like that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing to tackle in a in a children's show, in my opinion, because you're getting to that issue before it's the issue. You're getting to that issue before those walls are up and you are cemented and handling it how you're handling it, whether it's healthily or not. I will say, I do 100% agree with you. When you look at like themes and motifs, I think they are more serious and like relatable things. I feel like Avatar was more relaxing, where Korra was more challenging. I'll say Korra was more challenging, but I'm not going to go so far as to say Avatar was relaxing. There were a lot of moments in Avatar. Oh no, for sure. And they sure. still dealt with a lot. Like they dealt with misogyny in, in uh, with Sokka, with and... Sokka and the Kyoshi Warriors, but also Katara and the Northern Water Temple. They dealt with like expectations, and you know what I mean when I say Korra and the Northern. No, no, Water no Temple. I do. I'm just trying to think of like how Not many Korra, people Tom. are listening to this and really jiving with it, and how <laughs> many are like. When is this going to end? I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> Turner is probably loving this right now. Chris but, is probably like, dude, get back to I don't hockey. Know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's got kids now. You know, he might. They haven't watched Avatar The Last Airbender. They, they should. Could. They should. But they also do. I also think like Zuko and Avatar The Last Airbender. One of the greatest character developments. We've in all of seen. fiction. Yeah. I mean, legitimately in all of television. Not anime, not, not cartoons. In all of television. That's fantastic. Yeah. Zuko's character development, and I think that's a heavy topic to deal with. Like under, like learning Being, how to admit when you're wrong, and learning how, and like you look at, you look at Aang and Zuko, and look at the two of them side by side. They're the exact opposite, but also the exact same. Yeah, because both of them had this tremendous weight put on top of them that both of them struggled to get out from under. They both made mistakes because of this. It impeded both of them. And until they were able to lift that weight off of their shoulders, they weren't able to become their true selves. Right. Right? Like, but they did it on the opposite ends of the spectrum, trying to kill each other. Yeah. Right? And so, and then, well, and then in the end of the series, they become best friends. One and was they trying to kill one. Rebuilding the world. Yeah. And creating. Uh, an establishment of peace worldwide, the two of them together. And so like the story and the writing and the themes in Avatar are phenomenal. So I don't want to understate those. Like there's a lot of heavy stuff in that as well. But in Korra, they deal deal with more, I think, relatable stuff day to day. I think we should call this episode Ice Bending. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that's anyway. A, that's an ice title. I did not mean Get it. to go off on this long tangent. <laughs> I do think the writing of Korra was really good. I think they intentionally wrote her to be a frustrating character. Like, um, I think they, I think that was the intention, and I think they did it well. So, like, I, I still loved watching The Legend of Korra. Don't get me wrong. Just, also, also. She just frustrated the heck also, out of me. I needed more pro bending. I wanted Korasami to be a thing so bad. I wanted more pro bending. Yeah, that yeah. that that was that was so cool. Like, yeah, that, uh, how does that not become a video game? 
how has that be not become a video game? How has that not become a little show? I mean, I can see why it's not a show, but like that's not the point. Make it a show. Anyways, back to hockey. Yes. Uh, some news has come out in the last couple days that was a really surprising, especially. <laughs> just got on a, what? A twelve-minute tangent about Avatar: The Last Airbender versus The Legend of Korra. Oh my God, Thomas! <laughs> How do we do this? How do we? We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. Sorry. Go. Some news has come out in the last couple days that if you've only been using our podcast to keep up with hockey is going to be extremely surprising. And that is that the LA Kings have parted ways with their coach, Todd McLean. Uh, the reason that is exciting or surprising is because the last time we talked to you about hockey, the Kings were 27 and four as in 20 wins, seven losses, four overtime losses. They presently sit at 23, so three more wins in that time period, 15 and 10. Yikes. Yeah. So, uh, it's a lot of OTLs. That's approximately six more OTLs and eight more regulation losses. This team is a young team. They came in firing, they captured a lot of momentum. But you've probably heard me talk about this in the past. It's more relevant with hockey. I'm sure it applies to other sports. But with your younger players, that long the longevity of the season creates hurdles to kind of handle and operate within and move through. So because junior players, college players, football and hockey, they play less games in a season they do, than they do in the NHL or the NFL or the NBA. So it comes this like it becomes this conditioning hurdle to jump and a lot of first year players struggle with that. And this LA Kings team is one of the youngest teams in the league. They're captained by, you know, these long standing pillars in Anzi Kopitar and Drew Doughty, but the vast majority of their team is just not cutting it. And to make things worse, their huge offseason addition of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who they traded a mammoth-sized ransom to the Winnipeg Jets for, and then signed to a massive 8 by 8 extension following his 63-point campaign the last season, has 10 goals and 10 assists in 48 games. Mm. P- I strongly dislike Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> A strong because like this is his mo right he's on a team for three years he has one good season he forces his way out by throwing a literal tantrum not a metaphorical tantrum like Nikita he throws a literal one gets shipped off to a new market plays horrendously to the point where you're like why was this guy ever even considered for a third overall pick has a good season forces his way out rinse repeat like it's I almost feel like this guy is doing a journeyman FIFA career, but in the NHL as a player. I almost feel like his objective is to play for more teams than Yager. Like it just it doesn't make sense. But at least Yager was good. Like yeah. you're getting to you're gonna get to this point, Pierre, where your antics are gonna become too expensive. And what I mean by that is you can only be who you can afford to be in the world of professional sport. When you're throwing up 63-point campaigns, you can be a diva all you want. Because that's that's a relevant, strong second to third line contribution that a team, a contending team will look for because that's what you need in the playoffs. However, 
you were a former third overall pick who's supposed to be an offensive dynamo and is paid like one, and you're on one of the youngest teams in the league. You were brought in specifically to be a, a stabilizing leader. force in the locker room, yeah. and you're doing this right after you've been freshly given a full no movement clause. So the LA Kings are now, you're now holding an entire franchise and its fan base hostage. Yeah. And it's frustrating because I'm not saying that Pierre-Luc Dubois is the reason for the fall off. I'm not even trying to allude to that because ultimately I don't know the specificities because I'm not in the locker room. However, what I can tell you is that energy is contagious. And I have seen Pierre-Luc Dubois play with passion. When he plays with passion, he is more than half a point a game. He is a relevant contributor. You can't expect me to believe that you're giving it your all when you've been on one of the hottest teams in the league all year minus the last couple weeks and you have under half a point a game to show for it. Like, if... David, if I tell you, think of the LA Kings offensive production. You you naturally go to Anzi Kopitar first, yeah. but he's 40 years old, so he's he's Drew the biggest Downey. name. Also, like, 40 years old, so they're big names. But, like, then, okay, Kevin Fiala, he's been playing pretty good. Marion Gabrick. No, that is, wow, that is a name. Kevin Fiala. <laughs> yeah, but Pierre-Luc Dubois is supposed to be the piece that pulls it all in together he's supposed to piece that allows Anze Paul Kopitar Statsny. yes yes Paul Statsny that is correct Wayne Gretzky I'm gonna smack you Pierre-Luc Dubois is supposed to be don't do it don't do it Pierre-Luc Dominic Dubois no Pasternak did you say Dominic Pasternak David oh okay okay Pierre-Luc Dubois. Patrick Mahomes. Well, listen, I don't know what you're trying to get up to today. <laughs> Lionel Messi. That's not even a soccer. Patrick Mahomes also he is, is not a, a soccer, soccer player. player. You, you know what I mean. Mahomes is a football player. You know what I mean. He's not a soccer player. You're right. Hockey player. We're talking about hockey. Oh, I was talking about offensive production. I hate you so much. I thought that's what we were doing. Naming offensive production. For the LA Kings. Oh, my bad. My bad. De'Aaron Fox. Oh, that's the Sacramento Kings. My bad. (laughs) You're going to make my brain pop. You know that? I can feel it swell and like it's a whitehead. And it's about to just Mount Vesuvius all over this room. All right. What is Mount Vesuvius? It's a volcano. Oh, didn't it kill Pompeii? Uh, like Pompeii, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you brought in this player so that you could have your older players in Anze Kopitar take a step back, take less minutes, be able to last longer. And when you're not getting that contribution, but the team was still winning, it kind of puts a big giant highlighter on where the issue is when the team starts losing. Yeah. It's the guy eating the minutes and not doing anything with them. So I I honestly think that this move, like this coaching change, because while that was a bad month, it was a very bad month. I don't want to take anything away from how horrendous that month was. I feel like this is a move that's made to try and generate some offensive production from your heavy investment within 
Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah. Now, I know we're running close to the timer, so... Real quick, real quick. Can I ask a favor? Yeah. Will you delete all apps off of your phone that give you updates and just let me give you updates? Because when I told you yesterday about the Kings coach getting fired, your reaction was awesome, and I want to just tell you all the updates from now on. I was... I just... I don't understand why I'm not getting hockey updates it was fun it was like fun that's my like like that's my sport if there's anyone who should be getting updates about it it's me like anyway sorry move on i know we're coming close on the time so uh there was a couple trades that i'm just gonna hit really fast and then i'm gonna hit with my final okay okay so uh really fast the winnipeg jets traded a first and a conditional third to the montreal canadians for sean monahan this is a great Didn't deal you just tell me that wasn't gonna happen I did tell you it wasn't going to happen. It's a, and I told you it was. It's a really stupid trade. Why am I the update, people? It is. It is update a. It is a. It is a horrendous trade for Winnipeg. Fantastic for Montreal. I need you to understand something. Montreal. Why is it a bad trade for Winnipeg? Uh, it's the cost of it for me. The first and the third. I don't think Sean like Sean Monahan is a player who last year Montreal was given a first to take him. And I understand that he was playing down, and he has had good seasons in his career. But for where the Jets are and what they're trying to do, which is probably make a cup run this year, that's not the piece that I want to spend a first and a third on. I want to spend it on a bigger piece. I want to spend it on a winger to take pressure off Kyle Connor, Not a center who's got one year left is going to be a free agent, and his best days are behind him. Yeah. I got you. Uh, so, like, it's 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 one of those things that I look at this trade and I'm like, the only reason this makes sense is because the cap hit is so low. But even then, this is a like, if this was just a straight second, I still think it's a little bit of an overpay. But I'm okay. I, I like it. Um, you should never be trading a first that another team traded a first to get rid of. And what I mean by yeah. that is, like. Calgary traded Sean Monahan and they gave up a first so Montreal would take Sean Monahan. Yeah. You should not be then getting a first plus for that player in a trade within 18 months. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hate that trade for Winnipeg. I think that's I don't hate the addition, I hate the cost. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh now an even bigger cost was the Canucks made a second trade with their division rivals, the Calgary Flames. Where they, it was a it was a doozy. It was a doozy. We talked about how a number of Flames players came out and said, "Nah, we're we're bouncing." So the Canucks, since they had the trade within division, they have to give up more. They bring in Elias Lindholm from Calgary. They save about six hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. They give up a twenty twenty four first, a twenty twenty four fourth. Hunter Brustevich, who is a former third round pick. He currently has like 90 points in 60 games in the OHL as a defenseman. They gave up Joni Yermo, who was another third round pick from that same draft. He is a European player, so they're able to get him into the facility right away. And the big piece, Andre Kuzmenko, Vancouver's huge addition from the KHL last season. You probably heard us talk about how this guy came out of nowhere last season. But it just it's not clicking this season because some of the Vancouver players like Brock Besser, like Quinn Hughes, like Elias Pettersson are really stepping up their game. So while Kuzmenko was being fed last year to be the 
main offensive production because Brock Besser wasn't it. Besser has filled that filled those shoes that he was supposed to, and it just hasn't been working for Kuzmenko. Yeah. So I think this is a great trade for Calgary. I think this is potentially a great trade for Vancouver. We're going to see what happens when you put two of the best two-way forwards on the same line in Elias Lindholm and Elias Pettersson. Uh, we're going to see how that works. It could work tremendously, but you could also see such a huge dip in offensive production that it actually hurts you in the long run, yeah. especially giving up that defensive prospect. Bro, how about Vancouver, though? Vancouver is buzzing. Uh, they, they, Vancouver is the team I am most excited to watch right now. And I can admit that I am a Vancouver fanboy for sure. But their players, like, it's just, it's fun hockey. You've stuck by Vancouver like I've stuck by the Raiders. I'm just, it's just paying off for it's me It's just now. actually working. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a smart person. Um, speaking of looking like smart people. The Arizona Coyotes have announced that they are going to be buying land in Arizona to hopefully find a permanent home. Now, you're probably wondering, you said speaking of smart people. Yes, this is an example of what not to do if you are a smart person. I don't understand why hockey in Arizona is still going on. This is their sixth attempt at a home. They can't even sell out a 51-person arena, a 5,100-person arena. It's not working. Think about it like this, though. They're at Arizona. They don't get the really cool desert-like jerseys that they have. Okay. They also don't get any money. Those jerseys are worth it. I'm sorry, but like, here's my thing. Here's my thing, right? If I'm... We talked about this. Or I kind of alluded to it on the Panthers. If I'm an owner of another team, I might be suing the NHL. Because you are hurting my investment. Because the NHL is not the NFL. And it is not guaranteed to go up in value. And what you're doing is you're continually feeding this Arizona team. That frankly should just be ejected from the state. Because we're talking, this team has been kicked out of multiple cities in Arizona. I don't know if you know this. There's not a whole lot of big cities in Arizona to choose from. They have been kicked out of Phoenix, kicked out of Glendale, They're building kicked out Phoenix. of Scottsdale. That yeah, that's what their plan is. It's it's not like they're right now. This whole thing is hey, we're going to buy land in Phoenix. That's the whole thing. That is that is where we are at right now. But even then, if you do buy land. What happens if the if the land is not perfect for construction? We're talking about worst case scenario. It could take, it could be ten years before shovels put in the dirt on this. Move the team, okay? The NHL has had to own the team multiple times to keep it afloat. It does not work in Arizona. We were so willing to acknowledge it not working in Atlanta. Why are we so hardcore on hamstringing ourselves to this random state that's not even one of the most populated states in the country i know phoenix is huge but at some point you have to sit back and acknowledge we're doing the same thing it's not working we're hurting everyone else this large rant is very hypocritical what do you mean you think the nhl should expand into atlanta no 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 so how I, are you going to get mad? That's not what I'm. That no. At Arizona, I see wanting to stay in Arizona. I see when you think there should be a team in Atlanta where it's already failed twice. I see. I see the disconnect. I said I would not be mad at an expansion to Atlanta because you know what Atlanta never had a problem doing, 
selling 5,100 tickets to a single game. That's my... You know what Atlanta never had a problem doing? Staying in one arena. You know what Atlanta never had a problem doing? Having one owner. That's, you know what Atlanta never did? Kept their team. Keep a franchise. But, like, the, the reason that... the. The Coyotes should not be in Arizona anymore. The only reason that they are in Arizona is because the NHL has a hard-on for the desert. That is the only reason. Any other... If you put what happened to Arizona to any other of the 31 teams, I guarantee you they would not be where they are right now. I guarantee it. Like, just... There's so many cities. Salt Lake is applying for a hockey team. You have at least five cities who have applied for an expansion team. We don't. You don't need to expand anymore. Thirty-two is fine. You need to put teams in the markets that they should be in instead of forcibly keeping team in a dead market that was never alive. What makes you angrier, the Coyotes staying in Arizona or Nikita Kucherov's effort at the? Definitely the Coyotes staying in Arizona. I can tell. Definitely, it's it's a joke. You're a professional sport entity. This is the most Bush League, Dollar General-esque business model I've ever seen in my life. Dollar General is very, very successful. No, they are because they throw play, they throw stores where they don't need to be and they keep them there for no reason whatsoever. Saying, being Dollar General-esque doesn't seem like bad. It's a multi-billion dollar corporation. I know you're pushing buttons. <laughs> I know you are because I know you know that this is obnoxiously stupid. It's such a bad thing. You can like like it's do you so know dumb. do you know how much it breaks so my brain dumb. that a professional big four team in the country that goes so hard about sports that we make Europe look like they're peewees. The fact that they're not going to be the Salt Lake City Mormons in 2025 is ridiculous. They can't sell out a 5,100 yeah. capacity arena that is on in- Arizona State's campus and Arizona State students get a huge discount for. Yeah, being there, remaining there, putting roots there is very dumb. And you're and so like and if you're you're the owner of the Arizona Coyotes, you look at this current oh almost f bomb there. You're looking at this current situation where you again can't sell out a 5100 arena, and you're like, you know what I think makes sense? We're gonna buy a big plot of land, build a multi-billion dollar stadium in the same city that we did 20 years ago that has 30,000 capacity and it's gonna be fine. We can't fill a 5,100, but 30,000 will be no problem. Are you kidding me? Makes sense to me. Golly. Anyway, if you could pick one type of bending, I don't know what type of bending you would pick. I'd be an airbender. If you could move a hockey team to any city, you should move it to Phoenix. I don't know. What gets you as angry as Nikita Kucherov and the Arizona Coyotes get Thomas? Not much, but listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're we're just just here here so we we don't don't get get fined. fined.